You might want to adjust your clocks if you find yourself staring at one right now that says it's not 6 o'clock and not start of AMs with AJ because, well, bad news, you might be running late. Hope you're having a good Monday morning, regardless on VFX. But you know what's amazing? So every year, the conversation arises about how much we all hate daylight saving time. What is the purpose it serves? No disrespect to farmers, but do we really need to keep moving the clocks back and forth to adjust the sunlight? Yada, yada, yada. Everybody hates it. Depression, uh, tiredness, all that goes further and further with daylight saving time. That being said, isn't it astounding that I still feel like a vast majority of us Forget it. We hate it. We don't want it anymore. You think it'd be ingrained into our brains when it is. And yet, I got to tell you, up until Thursday, we had a meeting and someone said, hey, by the way, make sure everything's set work-wise for daylight saving time. I was like, oh, well, crap. I'd for totally forgotten. And thank goodness somebody said something because I just, I mean, luckily phones nowadays go forward, right? So you, we don't have to remember as much at all. But I was playing a video game. On uh, Saturday night with a buddy. And I had nothing to do Sunday, so I'm staying up late. Going great, right? Another buddy of mine's up, and he's in Oregon, so he's even an hour further behind me. But one of our friends back home in Indiana, so they're two hours ahead. So we're playing. We're playing. And he's like, ah, I think it's probably about time for me to get off. And he goes, oh, no. It's daylight savings time. It's now 3 o'clock. I got to get. I gotta go to bed. He had played, and as opposed to two, it skipped all the way to three. So he lost an entire another hour. had no idea. And he was talk to him on Sunday he was dragging the entire time and again it's something that we all hate everybody wants to get rid of and yet still somehow we forget about it still need to have a reminder that might also be a lesson on being just slightly too dependent on our phones maybe just a little bit but at the end of the day I I'm, I messed up for even two because uh my girlfriend Ashley had to go to work Sundays she generally goes in and works at uh, four help open up a store she works at part-time yeah which is brutal and i said like, oh good news it's daylight savings time she goes why is that good news i said because it's gonna fall oh wait no spring forward oh yeah never mind you're gonna lose an hour not good news then never mind take back what i said <laughs> just bad news for everybody because the spring one is definitely not fun nobody wants to give up an hour pass it should be 502 right now i should be contemplating whether or not i'm gonna get up and take a shower or actually lay down for 20 more minutes but no start the show so uh coming up Speaking of scheduling an appointment, my buddy that has been, look, I don't want to label him chief necessarily, but in his few visits, he has uh, not held up his end of the financial bargain and he said to visit yet again, what the heck do I do? Made one appointment to reset my clock, which I almost forgot. AMs with AJ on VFX. Got to make another one because a buddy of mine that comes in town once a year and the last two or three years... Has left and I've been like, wait, I don't think we're square on the bill here, buddy. Is coming back and I still haven't figured out how to deal with this. So quick, quick recap. Got a buddy that visits once a year for the tournament, right? And if you missed it, that's coming. And each time as I'm host, he doesn't get a hotel. He sleeps on my couch, which admit is a little bit rough, but he doesn't want to sleep in a hotel. So got to make a little bit of a sacrifice there. And I have no problem putting up for just general groceries. We always try to do at least one meal in the house, you know, save a couple bucks here and there. Driving around a little bit. Again, I have no problem footing the bill for gas, except for when we go down to Windover. But the thing that gets me is last time we had two meals. We had had, uh, the factory and we had sushi. And both times I was like, oh, I'll get it and we'll figure it out later. 
And I bought both of them. And then I never got any money back for it. I didn't get Venmo, never offered, never asked anything. Didn't offer the second meal, which was the factory. And so I just snagged it and then nothing came up about it. And I don't want to sound like the cheap friend, but this friend makes more money than me. Great, he just bought a house and he had to replace the, uh, I think, the furnace system. So he's he's a little bit hurting for funds right now. And I feel for him a little bit because I have no idea what that's like. But he told me what the price is and I'm like, oh, man. But that's the friend that makes the most money out of all of us friends, core group of friends. And I'm like, okay, okay. Is this how you got to be making more money? You just, you just, oh, oh I was reaching for my while. I was going to say something, but you beat me to it. Because it's just awkward to stand there when you're like, how do you want to pay for this? We don't discuss it ahead of time. But I also, I, I feel like discussing it like way ahead of the food time is definitely like, I can't be driving up and be like, hey, so, uh. How do you want to split meals while you're here? It just feels like a real awkward segue into, hey, I'm a cheapskate and I want to get this handled now. But I'm also still slightly miffed about the fact that there was just no offer to pay. Not nothing. and Nothing. Two meals. Two, let's be honest, get two Chicago deep dish pizzas and you load up with like nine sushi rolls. They're not, they're not cheap meals. I don't know what to do. I got to pick them up from the airport on Thursday. Like ah, that uh, card runs off Venmo. You can't get in the passenger seat unless you, unless you Venmo me a couple bucks here. It's it just how it has. You know how it is. Those new cars. Well, let me check. Up, oh, got your Venmo. Oh, look at that. The door's unlocked. All right, let's go, buddy. <laughs> Don't think that goes over well either. I mean, I think in you know, the pressure situation, I got him right there. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna appreciate it very much. Uh, being on your phone. I mean, that's holding him ransom a little bit, right? But being on your phone like that, make sure, double check, that no matter how sleepy you are, you don't accidentally send your family a ransom note because uh, I think that could escalate real quickly. And with the how easy it has apparently become on some phones, it's easier to think, it's easier to do than you think. Make sure you never convince your family that you're kidnapped. And if you do, you might want to alleviate that prank real quick because I think you can get, get escalate and get out of hand in a hurry. Angels with AJ on VFX. It's the Goals Gym debate at eight. So confession uh, from uh, Cash Valley Secrets was someone taps SOS for like six months every day to see if anybody recognized. Nobody does. So call today. Failed experiment because if he was actually kidnapped, no one recognized. Game over. Well, in this day and age, as sad as that feels, it should be almost idiot proof, right, to alert someone that something is going on because of all the technology and, and all the the ability to communicate with people, hand signals, something on your phone. We have Amber Alerts, all that should be idiot proof. Well, apparently, on some types of phones, and the coworker who told me the story has a Samsung, but she said she was pretty sure iPhones have it too. But I guess if you tap, I believe it's the power button, is what she said, five times. It sends an SOS to your top four contacts, and I guess it takes a picture of whatever the phone sees, and then it activates uh, like a tracking beacon, so then it keeps people updated on where you're going. So the whole idea, right, is you just tap five times, not very big deal. It alerts the top five people, the people you contact most, which would be you know friends, family, somebody, right, takes a picture to maybe show what's going on, and then you can stay and track so that they can't get away somewhere where you don't know. Problem is... The way that she told this story and found out is because she accidentally did it while trying to snooze her phone. And so 
her top four contacts got a message and they were like, oh my gosh, she's being kidnapped right now. Like, this is a picture of her room. We got the SOS. She's not responding to text messages right now. I'm trying to call her. I'm not getting through. Oh, and so she, like me, is a transplant. She is not originally from Utah. So what's even worse is that her family is not in the area, which only just makes the panic even more so. And <laughs> the point that she said a sibling of hers talked was like talking to her boss was like, I may have to leave right now to fly to the state of Utah. I'm not sure what's going on, but I think I might have to leave right now to fly and go see what's going on with my sister, which... There's no coming down from that easily. Apparently, it was only like a seven-minute window before she finally got on her phone and kind of ex- calmed everything down. But that seven minutes that has to feel like an eternity. An eternity. You get to freak out first. And initially, you're like, no. No, no, no. Because, like, for, I give you an, this is not a good example, and it's why my mom needs to work on what an emergency is. But, like, my mom has texted me before, like, I need to talk to you. It's an emergency. And I, I don't, like, she's fine. I'm fine, but I think something's happening in the family. I'm freaking out. And so at this time, I'm trying to do anything and everything I can to get like four seconds of peace so I can be like, what's going on? What's going on? And then it was it was something. It's not an emergency whatsoever. It was something stupid. It had to do with shopping. It was so dumb. But you're free, like trying to get free for a day. It takes forever to do so, and you're panicking. And I didn't even think anybody was kidnapped. I thought something might have happened to someone. And it was an update like, hey, by the way, they're not doing well, whatever. But like at this lifetime moment, coworkers' family was like, "She's kidnapped. Somebody's taking her. We we gotta go to Utah, smack some heads around, figure out what's going on, turn over some stones, figure out some answers." Seven minutes is forever. I suppose also, if you wanted to, be not the most recommendable way to go about it. But I suppose you could turn around and just see how much your friends and family pay attention, how much they love and care for you, to see how quickly they react. You're just like, "Oh, well, I'm so sorry, sorry." So that does feel like the, oh, sorry, that text wasn't for you text, which is kind of a, while not the sleaziest thing you can do in dating, kind of sleazy. It feels like the sleazy family test. It's kind of the de facto, like, let's pretend I have a funeral and get to have my guardian angel drag me around and see what the world would look like without me, but just in text version, kind of. Speaking of pranks, one bad one ended up in Florida, not, and somebody did something illegal for that clout. Also, there is a, uh, <sighs> someone also decided to ask the police officers, hey, uh, I just, I'm a little bit worried. Can you, can you, can you test my drugs? Doesn't matter what dumb thing you did, unless we're talking illegal and you just happen to sneak away with it, in which case I'd see nothing. I'd see nothing. Florida not AMs with AJ on VFX because no matter how bad your day is going, it's probably not nearly as stupid as what happens in Florida or not because the home of the original dumb criminal is Florida. One story from Florida, one story not. The headlines this morning on VFX, a 41-year-old guy got arrested after he called 911 and asked the cops to come test his meth to make sure it wasn't that So, in theory... A sound practice to test what you're inhaling in your body. And having never done either bath salts or meth, I would say, to be honest with you, while you're concerned kiss about the uh, f- effects of bath salts, I think are legit. We saw the freak out that happened, I believe, actually, ironically enough, in Florida when that went crazy, when it went most viral. Uh, putting either of those things not really positive for you. I don't think just because it's not bath salts, you're going to be okay. Just saying. 
Story number two, or headline number two, two YouTubers were arrested because they hid in a Target to spend the night. They didn't steal anything, but it's still illegal, and they were charged with uh, criminal trespassing and conspiracy. And I really want to lay into these guys, but I got to tell you, Home Alone 2 makes you think it's so simple to do that, doesn't it? You're not familiar. Just Marv and Harry just hide in these little houses, and that's good enough to rob from Duncan's toy chest. That's all they needed to do. Security decides not to check. It's not a big deal, whatever. And they just wander out, and they're like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> Don't do that, obviously. Stop chasing the cloud doing stupid illegal stuff. But, but Home Alone 2 makes you think it's super easy. As a kid, you thought, ah, being locked in the store all night, that sounds like a ton of fun. There's plenty of horror movies I think that could go that way and just hard pass, not to mention again, stop doing stupid illegal things just to post it for social media. Stupid YouTubers. Florida Not AMs with AJ Odd VFX. We'll get to story number two. Number one, a 41-year-old guy decided to call 911 because he bought some meth and he, he did some, but he said it didn't feel like meth, man. I wasn't sure. So he called 911 and said he wanted the cops to show up and test the baggies to make sure they weren't bath salts. So they did because they're good people, except they showed up to arrest him because regardless, probably doing something he shouldn't. And maybe just maybe if it wasn't exactly what he was looking for, buyer beware, I guess. He can get some help when he's in prison. Story number two. A pair of YouTubers decided that they were going to go into a Target. They were going to try and hide behind some boxes on a shelf where they made a fort, brought their own snacks and stuff, and they were going to try and stay overnight. So they were going to stay in there till the store opened up at 8 a.m. Police, of course, had surveillance footage of them leaving the store through the exit apparently at 2.56 when they tripped an alarm when they left because they're idiots. So they were, uh, they were arrested <laughs> because it is illegal. It was criminal trespassing and conspiracy. So not only did they not, they didn't follow through. Again, stop doing stupid illegal things for clout, right? Like, I would love to see this as a horror movie. Frankly, you could just do the same premises. Dumb, dumb influencers go into store camp, and then uh, bad news: someone else just decides to randomly wander in, and now they've got to do a Home Alone style uh, setup of pitfalls and traps to try and figure it out. So the question now is. With those two stories, which one's the dumbest and which one is the outworldly dumb? And I got to tell you, in this day and age, obviously, it's kind of hard to argue that the YouTuber one is anything other than, I don't, I don't want to say normal. I don't want to say normal, but not surprising, right? Especially, again, the childhood dream, I think, is to lock yourself in a store. And granted, I don't know that a Target was necessarily the answer. It sounds a little bit more of an adult fantasy, for being honest. Like a candy store, a toy store, a Toys R Us, if you were, if there was any left. But the the, the drugs one, what did that dude think he was going to do? Maybe just maybe that shows that he was right. It wasn't exactly the drug he bought because his IQ has been so lowered by how many drugs he's taken. So obviously we got to go with story number one. And since we're all thinking that, Correct. good news. That is absolutely Florida. In fact, it happened in Tampa. But please, by all means, if you decide to buy a legal substance, please, 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 please. Consult with your local police department so that they can make sure it's legit. Florida or not, on VFX. Speaking of stupidity, a new week means more Park Narc nominees. Let's just say it's a little bit of the same and someone taking up a lot of spaces. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk at just a little bit lower tone because I think both Park Narc nominees clearly crying out for attention this week. 
And I hate to give it to him, AMs with AJ on VFX, but also they need to be scolded. They're the ones in the wrong here. Nominee number one should be familiar to everybody else as you get to see the back end here, which is what this truck really wanted to show off. Nominee number one, what you looking at? Because they parked in a stripy rectangle, and it's framed beautifully. I think they were hoping the color match is what would distract you. Just be like, oh, my gosh, the fashion's amazing as they walk their way down the stripy rectangle because they're parked in between two special need spots. And as always, of course, they're not supposed to be there. Our park narkers or do their due diligence, double-check for a pass before, of course, submitting that it's incorrect. Either way, I don't think you're supposed to park on the stripey rectangle one way or the other. So a very familiar cry for attention for park narks. Nominee number two, a little bit of a different one here. And if you look, the line's a little bit faded. This one clearly crying out for attention, because how else do you explain a truck that has decided to take up three freaking parking spots because it's parked completely sideways in those parking spots? They're going up and down. He parking left or right. That is, I mean, what else is it? There's no excuse why. Again, I've come to learn a lot about trailers and about, you know, extended trucks. And we've seen, uh, we've had people nominate like UPS trucks and stuff. And I mean, what to a certain extent, what do you want them to do? They got places to go. They don't fit in normal parking spots. This truck would fit in a normal parking spot and decided for whatever reason, they need to take up three parking spots. Three of them. Nominee number two, look at us facing the same direction because the person driving down the alleyway between the parking spots gets lined up perfectly with them to take the picture. Oh my gosh. Two desperate cries for attention, both in need of desperate scoldings. Which one, though, is the worst? Ash, yes, or last week, is the fact that the stripy rectangle has been a regu- made a regular appearance for Park Narcs, make it a little bit numb, even though I thought the one with the stripy rectangle was the worst. Uh, nominee last week, could it possible this been numb because we've seen enough of No, it was an overwhelming majority win. So, is that the case this week when you have the one clearly crying out for attention, taking up three spots? On our Facebook page, on our Instagram, Utah's VFX. Also, of course, you can uh, vote on our Instagram story as well. Uh, one of the polls of the day. There's actually another question coming up a little bit later. But which one is the most annoying? The stripy rectangle, Narker, uh, nominee number one, or the one desperately crying out for attention, taking up three spots, nominee number two. Vote the one annoys you the most. You see park narks? You see uh, terrible park narking? Please take a picture, send it to our social media, Utah's VFX. Speaking of fun, and speaking of mishaps, ironically enough, not quite there. we got a little bit to go, but as the weather warms up, you know, one of the things that always makes me think of is I always tell myself I'm going to go, and then I get there like once a season. It's amusement parks. I was talking to my brother about it because he's living on the uh, West Coast, not anymore warm at the moment, and he had to remind me of the time he really had me almost bugging out from amusement park before I got there, but you could play this game. Anything ever happen, though, at an amusement park? You ever get stuck? Any little mishap? Maybe just maybe could have left a little bit of a scar. Hopefully it didn't, but it could have. It's after the latest from the Chainsmokers. Every year, no matter how many times I don't go, weather starts to get nice, and I think, amusement parks. Oh, how I'm going to have so much fun going. And every year I lie to myself. But that's how we mark the season, right? AMs with AJ at VFX. The pool's open. The amusement park's Memorial Day-ish. That, to me, is the start of summer. And then close Labor Day. That, to me, is the end of summer. However... Talking to my brother the other day, talking about how it would be nice to get together as a family and do one again because he's the one I travel with, him and his wife, me and my girlfriend Ashley. And he reminded me of the time that he almost scared me completely out of a park. 
which I will get to. But my first question is, have you ever had a mishap, fingers crossed, nothing too seriously happened, that maybe, maybe, just maybe left a little bit of a scar in terms of going to amusement park? Lori's on the phone. Lori, what's your story? So my daughter and I went on this one of those mini roller coaster rides, and okay. the bars that come down to secure you in, they got stuck when they were trying to get me off when the ride was over, right? And it took them at least 30 minutes to get the bars to release me. And then when they finally did, it made a huge tear in my favorite sweater. Okay, so, Lori, I am very sorry. Yours... Not not what I was thinking. Like I'm glad I'm glad it wasn't that serious. If I can fully if full disclosure here. So one of the most embarrassing moments in my life was I rode a roller coaster in uh, Cedar Points in Ohio with I was with my brother actually. And I went to ride again and for whatever reason the second time they couldn't get the strap down across my legs enough to warrant safety because of my muscular thick thighs. Not really. So I wasn't allowed to ride that time. That is I one of the most embarrassing things. And so you just, you got to get out of line and there's no explanation. People think you're a coward, whatever it is, but that super, super sucked. But for yours, I mean, at least it was out of control, but man, having to sit there for half an hour thinking, are, are they going to have to cut this card out? Like, are they going to get a blowtorch here? Just carve me out. What are we going to do here? So full disclosure, the story that my brother reminded me of, because he is terrified of roller coasters. So anytime he can level with anybody else, he enjoys it. He was living in Atlanta at the time, and there's a Six Flags there that I I think it's I, I, Georgia Kingdom. I don't know what the name of it is. But we we were down there, me, him, my sisters. We were all down there for a holiday, and since the weather's warmer, they stay open a little bit later for a holiday. Because I want to say it was like Halloween-ish, but that could be wrong. And uh, he was like, oh, well, let's go there. And he goes, actually, well, I don't know if we should go. Cause, and we were giving him crap because he's checking it out. And he goes, well, no. Uh, yesterday, one of the roller coasters went up, or it was like last week, one of the roller coasters went upside down and it got stuck and then it just fell. And I was like, why would you tell any of us that? Like, don't get me wrong. That is relevant information as we're about to go to the amusement park. But at the exact same time, why would you put that in your head? Because you spent this belief. Yeah, I, I trust that the machines have been checked on by kids who mostly are doing it so they don't have to work at a Burger King or whatever. Yeah, of course it's fine. The equipment's totally checked over. Rain, snow, whatever. It sat there the whole offseason. I'm sure it's totally fine. Why would he tell that? It didn't stop us from going, but a second. And he likes bringing up that story because I was like, ah, maybe, maybe. Bill's on the line. Bill, you got a story similar to mine? I was stuck at the top of a Ferris wheel for Ooh. almost an hour. <laughs> that, that was a fun. long time. We just waited until they fixed whatever was going on below. I think someone got sick on the ride and they were like cleaning it up. I'm not really sure. Man, that would be that's it. That somebody got sick and you're stuck up there for an hour. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, that that's not too bad, right? I mean, you that I feel like you sit up there long enough, the wind rocks you a little bit, you start to panic a little bit, but. Better than being stuck upside down, but oh my gosh, Miss has the music park. A little bit, a little bit of suspension of disbelief, so we put it away. Weather gets warm, I'm ready to go again. Oh, thank goodness. Speaking of ready to go, when it comes to you saying when you'll be somewhere, how long you got to add to the clock? I, I have a hard time believing that anyone out there says, hey, I'm going to be home in about an hour and actually makes it home in about an hour. This weekend, I got a full dose of reality when it comes to my girlfriend. Nope, she was already on daylight saving time, I think, based on her own clock. When you say you're going to be there, admit it. 
It's not true. Now, hopefully, it's early, but I have my suspicion. Because everybody says the same thing, or most everybody, including some of the comments on our Facebook page. Utah's VFX, Sam's with AJ, saying it's disrespectful and I like to be early. When I say I'm going to be there, I try and beat that time. I applaud you. I also would like to beat that time. However, it's not going to be because... I left at a reasonable time, and it's not going to be because I definitely didn't underestimate the time I was going to be there. It's going to be because I try and drive really quick and cut it as close as possible, and that's solely the reason. It's kind of the same. It's the beat the GPS thing. That's really where it it comes into. Because what happened twice to me this weekend is that my girlfriend went out with some friends, and then she went and had an appointment, and she said, I'm about to be home. And then it was an hour later, and she magically showed up. Now... I will confess to you that there's a lot of commuting in the state of Utah, right? From Preston to Provo, all those places. She did not leave the Valley. And I've double-checked without any extra crazy reason. There's not anywhere that takes you an hour to get from from inside Smithfield all the way to Wellsville. There's no hour trip magically stashed in there somewhere. And so the question is, how long does it take you to get there? Because I'm not very much better. Now, I will definitely be there before an hour. That is for sure. Unless I get involved in conversation, in which case it's extenuating circumstances. But I realize what the problem is, is that we wait and we try and time it. We say, oh, it's going to be this amount of time. And then what happens is we take too long. We're like, oh, I can make that because I can drive fast enough to shave off 10 minutes on what is a 20-minute drive, which is never going to happen. The key is what uh, Melissa said. Melissa said, I doubled the time of how long it would take, which is so good. Because if you say, so if you say you're going to go from, let's say, Logan out to Smithfield, approximately, depending, you get decent traffic, 15 minutes, right? But if you say it's like 25 to 30 minutes, ideally your procrastination brain doesn't kick in and go, oh, let's kick back and have another snack here because we got a little bit of time. Ideally, you set yourself up to be on time without actually having to be on time. Instead, you kind of just lowered the the bar there and kind of exceeded just very bad expectations, but that's what you put on there. My problem, unfortunately, is, is that I always wait, and I'm like, okay, how long is it going to take me to get there? 15 minutes, which means I've got half an hour to get ready, so I'm going to waste the next 20 minutes doing whatever I want to do, and then I get going, and then it's all there. Plus, I don't actually like being on, I don't like being the first person there. It's not that I don't like being on time. I don't like being the first person there. It makes me uncomfortable. But all of this was really to rat out the girlfriend who commented as well. She said, when I say I'm coming home, probably an hour. When I say place, usually on time. So home, not as important as the place. Thermo Fisher poll the day. When you say you're going to be somewhere, how much time is it really going to take for you to get there? What are we at? In 15 minutes? Half an hour? Now, I, of course, before have been asked about the way that I speak and been told that it's the Queen's English, which I take as a badge of honor because that is amazing. But the truth of the matter is language is kind of formed where you're from, right? And if you spend some time in other places, you pick up little tidbits here and there, especially if you go out of somewhere with your dialect, you might pick up different parts of a language, different ways to say certain things. And so what have you gathered? How you speak is put together... I think mostly from where you grew up and who you spend your time with. It's going to become part of your vernacular, and that's how your vocabulary and the way you speak and your dialect and all those things are put together. Ames with AJ on VFX. I will give you a for instance. Despite the fact that no one believes me, 
It is Reese's, as in Reese's Pieces and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And I know, cringe for all of you out here because you want to say Reese's. It's so tough to do. I swear to you, east of the Mississippi, the way I say it is the way it is, and that is why I refuse to say it any other way, incorrect or not, because it's adorable, and that's how it's said. That being said, I don't know that anything drove it home because that one's just become a point of contention more than anything out of stubborn pride. But I don't think anything drove it home more than getting sent a meme that was a picture of someone sitting down and it says, me saying gracias to the server. And then it was a, someone just standing there who said, the server at a Japanese restaurant. Because that's me. And <laughs> nothing to do with the restaurant itself. In fact, obviously, that's not the right language you would think for the uh, etiquette for a Japanese restaurant. But the thing is, is that living in New, uh, New Mexico for a year, southern New Mexico at that, a lot of my coworkers at the time spoke Spanish, and I didn't pick up anything, but he picked up bits and phrases. So, gracias, of course, was one that had come up a ton. And I it did not help that I said that as white as humanly possible. But it was something that I said more and more just because it was heard more often and I wanted to be nice. I don't know. It's not that I ever thought I was going to learn Spanish, but it just said, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that too. So, I'm curious. What did you pick up? What a little bits of pieces of language change here or there? Sarah, what's yours? I did a semester abroad in the UK, and uh, when I got back, I started <laughs> saying cheers to everything. Okay. And um, I remember my roommates thinking it was, like, really fun at first, and then I think they got over it and told me it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, I got it. I got it, Sarah. The reason why is because it's not endearing enough. Because we have, like, cheers means the same thing. I'm, I'm going to guess. Maybe not. Maybe not. I feel like cheers means the same thing in American English that it does in English English. So, like, it's not really anything different. It's just a slight change. But I don't know why that would necessarily be obnoxious either just from the standpoint of, like, okay, cool. Like, cheers, whatever. I'll tell you one that I had. I try, I've tried so hard to work aloha into my vocabulary because, full disclosure, growing up, did not like being from Indiana. So I would tell people that I was from Hawaii because I had a picture of me as a baby and my mom was with my uncle who lived in California at the time. And so I would just say, oh, they f- they're flying back to where my parents are from. But I was originally born. Why well, I tried to try to tell that story because I've got, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the influence is. But on my mom's side, we have what look to be more Polynesian uh, features for our eyes, especially my brother. And so I'm like, yeah, Hawaiian, obviously, because it's way cooler than being from Indiana. Can't get it to stick. I cannot force myself to say it enough to get it to become a regular in my vocabulary. Uh, Alex on the line. Alex, what is your thing that you've picked up? I lived in Canada for like uh, six years. Um, okay. I've That's gotten cool. used to referring to certain things in different ways, but right. I started calling my sneakers runners. I'd go jogging every other day with a group of friends, and that's what they called them. So it just kind of stuck. See, that's an example. I mean, it's slightly different, so, but you can still understand. But at the same time, unlike Sarah's, it's a little bit different, so it becomes a little bit more endearing, right? It's kind of like the accent thing. Whereas for Sarah's, and, for, and I'm not saying you're annoying, Sarah. I just think it's because cheers means the same thing both ways. Everybody's like, well, that's not anything different. It just kind of feels pretentious, like you're trying to blend in, which is, I think, how my gracias comes across, either in New Mexico or when I use it inadvertently in another place. People are like, wow. Look at this this jerk. He learned how to say thank you in Spanish. Oh, we're so impressed. Ooh, you're bilingual. It's, I'm sorry. This is the force habit at this point. Speaking of language, while picking things up, uh, mostly I think is interesting and good. 
if they're curse words for the little ones, that's that's not so great. Goddaughter uh, may or may may or may not have let one slip, though she seems to be still in the age where it's totally fine. So where does that cutoff point come? Because I think it's sooner rather than later. And also, that surprisingly enough, that wasn't the reason her dad tried to bribe her this weekend. Now, obviously, I can and choose often to use words that are classified as adult language. AMs with the HH the Goals Gym debated eight on VFX. But there was a time where I would be scolded as such, and I'm curious as to when that cutoff is because I spent a lot of time talking to one of my best friends back home who is the only one of our friend group who has kid. And my goddaughter turned five in January and accidentally let one of the explicits fly, to which, of course, she was told that was not something she should say, but she was told while her father laughed and laughed and laughed because she dropped a bag of gummy bears that spilled everywhere and, well, I can't repeat the one that she said. So she obviously heard it from somewhere. I don't think she magically concocted that one and we all laughed about it because it's adorable and not something to be said. But the question is, when is the time for the parent to step in? Because I honestly have no idea. All I remember is you go to middle school, you go to high school, right? You start to pick up that language because that's... It's how your friends talk to each other. I think, I, look, I want to. I won't say all, especially for dudes, though. Like one hundred percent for dudes, but you can't say it at home. Promise you start using it over and over and over and over and over again. You might let one slip or so, and then maybe or maybe maybe or maybe not. You got to put a bar of soap in your mouth, which may or may not have happened to me. Kristen is on the line. Kristen, now what? What do you think? The cutoff here for when the curse words are cute and the curse words now need to be scolded. Once they start using it, like when they stub their toe or hurt themselves, I think at that point they know what it means and it's too late um, and that they're like too old for it to be cute. When they don't know what they're saying and they're just repeating back mommy and daddy, then that's one thing. It's like, oh, that's sweet. But when they're actively like using it, like, oh, man, like my show's not on and then bleep. Or, oh, I stubbed my toe, bleep, something like that. When they start actually using it in a sentence, they know what it means and it's too late. <laughs> so that is logic, logical theory as far as could be concerned. Chris, I don't can't disagree with Kristen. The thing is, is that my, my goddaughter dropped stuff and then went, oh, oh, bleep. To which case it seems like she generally knows that that is an appropriate thing to do. So... She should be in trouble, which is fair because it sounds like she contextually has a grasp on it. But the thing is, <laughs> how many of those videos have you seen where the whole TikTok sound, I think, based on one word, the kid seems to know what it means. And, like, this is, and it's still adorable. I think the thing, so she turned five. She's a January kid, right? So she's not going to go to school until this upcoming year. Probably, I take that back. Kristen might be right because you definitely don't want to be the parent that's the one that has to explain to the teacher why your kid's the one using all the naughty language. I'm trying <laughs> like that. That Chris, I, you know, what, Kristen's actually right. Let's say Chris and they contextually can use it. That means at any given time they could contextually use it when you're not around. And since now my goddaughter's set to go to school this fall, okay, time to step in. Make sure that that's not the case. We got to the bottom of it. They contextually know how to use it. You got to correct them because then they might contextually use it in a place you don't want them to. The funny thing is that curse word is not why my friend tried to bribe his daughter this weekend. And 
Look, kudos to him. I 100% am not saying I wouldn't try it, but I'm curious. Keys to a good life are balance. Balancing friends and family and spending some time on you. And, of course, there's work and all that. So we've got to give a little kudos to my friend who wanted to spend time with his friends, right? Goals Jim debated hate on VFX Zayas with AJ. The problem is the wife left and he was watching their kid. Maybe just maybe was told to, if he could, do a little bit of cleaning around the house or so. And he was like, okay, I heard you, but instead I'm going to play video games with the boys. And to make sure that everything goes copacetic, my daughter's going to sit here with me and I'm going to let her eat gummy bears just as long as I tell her, look, you can have these gummy bears, but when mom comes home, you can't tell her that I played video games all afternoon. A solid plan in theory, except that I just don't know that little kids are capable of keeping secrets. I got to be honest. I'm surprised she didn't shout it out immediately right there. So when... Mom came home. Yes, the secret was out. Didn't matter that the gummy bears had been handed. The transaction was done. They had a handshake, wink, wink, nudge, nudge agreement. Nope, no good. (laughs) My question is, how did you try and bribe your kid? Nick's on the line. Nick, how did you do it? This one time, I I didn't get away with it, but um, my wife has like these special cookies that she buys once a year for like a celebration or whatever. And I really like them, but I've never told her that. So while she was gone one day, I snuck a cookie. And of course my five-year-old caught me. And so I had to like bribe her with half the cookie so that she wouldn't like tell mom. Turns out she doesn't care. She still told her mother anyway. (laughs) That's what happened to my friend. And then she got to play video games. Oh, see, like the kids, you can't trust them. You got to wait till they're older to trust them. Yeah, so she not only got the gummy bears while she sat there and watched Dad play video games. Mom came home, she tattled. Dad then had to do chores, and she got to play video games herself. So she swindled Dad so she could get best of both worlds. It's a cruel, cruel fate. <laughs> she had a busy weekend, obviously, with the, the accidental cursing as well after spilling the gummy bears. And Dad even covered for her for that because I'm pretty sure he didn't tattle on her curse. Now, I would think at this point all bets are off. So she ratted him out. She got to go the other way on this, but just just can't trust you. That's my goddaughter right there. <laughs> and to anyone, I, I hope you don't have to, but do I think that if I ever had a kid that I would bribe my kid to get? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I 100% think I would bribe my kid. If I maybe broke something that was my, you know, my wife's, and I was like, ooh, I don't know that I want to take the heat for this, and they're not going to get in too much trouble. Much like that Malcolm in the Middle episode, might slip him a fiver or a tenner to be like, all right, you got to take the blame for this one. I can't take the heat for this one. I don't want to put this one on my name. I'm, I I honestly might do that. I think that's just sound strategy. You know, kid knows. You make it up to him a little bit later. They make a couple bucks. They vent the frustration. Slight punishment done. I 100% think I would totally be up for that if, if it ever came up. Okay, so we're still dealing sort of with the pandemic, kind of not really, but... It's just been a weird stretch of now almost two exact years. So at this point, compared to two years ago when this all first happened, more, less stress. Do you feel more or less stress than you were, let's say, two years ago? Because we're almost at, what, the exact two-year anniversary of the pandemic. Ames with AJ on VFX. Do you feel more or less stress than you were in the last year? Three a little over three months ago, three and a half months ago. 
According to a recent poll, vast majority, 87% of Americans say that they are more stressed than ever. And they say their mental health has been greatly affected by, quote, the constant streams of cries without a break, which is honestly fair because I think what this most recent realm of history is, is basically so everyone has a set of their own set of baggage to carry, right? So you got, you know, work, relationship, maybe bills, family, friends, all the normal stuff, right? And then all of a sudden, okay, so then the pandemic comes in and then, you know, Maybe you don't have work anymore and you got bills. That bag gets a little bit bigger. And then, you know, we got all the events that go on. So the general news cry. And so we go from there was the fire and then the possible threat. With the, was I think I ran at the beginning of 2020 and all that stuff. Now we've got potentially the, the whole Russia conflict. Now gas is expensive. You got to contemplate that. And so it just feels like everybody keeps you. Like you're trying to juggle me, all balls instead of bags, right? You're juggling all these balls and everybody keeps throwing the, the world just keeps chucking more and more in. Says, keep going. You can't drop. You can't drop them. And as opposed to just like dropping one, I think especially Americans, but I think people in general, uh, as opposed to dropping one, you just get to that stage where you kind of just drop them all, and then that becomes so difficult to manage. In fact, I coined the phrase, I think I developed functional, I think it was depression, functional depression, and I don't mean to make light of it, but what had happened is in, in college, I would get in these stages where I just would drop everything and you know, that would be bad for a semester. It would be bad for my job. And so you learn how to kind of cope while still managing to get through the basic things, like getting up, going to work, doing so. While nothing is okay internally, you manage to figure out how to do it so you can at least not destroy your life. It's like functioning, functioning mental challenges or whatever. And so I feel like that's where we're all right now. We're, no, no, of course we're not okay. We also are cognizant enough to at least try and work our way through a little bit. And so it just becomes, I think, easier to become numb and disconnect. And so I think if I had to give a suggestion for what works in Graham, coming from a place of not a someone who has solved the problem at all, still trying to figure it out, I think just remember the stuff that you like to do and try not to let the stuff like that doesn't directly affect you, weigh you down so much. You could think about it, but try and push it out, like make layers, right? Insulate yourself with the stuff that you need to worry about in yourself. And then the outer layers could be stuff you worry about that doesn't affect you as much because there's just out of sight, out of mind a little bit. Don't forget it, but don't let it weigh you down so much. Like freaking out about a potential engagement. Purely hypothetical. It's not anyone I know or whatever. But... Just a smidge too late when it comes to finding the right stone for the ring because Hidden Valley, yes, you heard that correctly, Hidden Valley could, could, could be in the engagement ring business with a stone. Ladies, time to drag your partner to eBay to get the right stone for your ring. Ames with AJ on VFX. Apparently, Hidden Valley's been teasing an announcement all up until this weekend. But they kept saying, oh, it has something to do with carrots, C-A-R-A-T-S. Well, it turns out they were correct because they made a diamond, a diamond out of ranch. And I'm looking at the picture, and it looks nice enough. I know nothing about stones, but it looks nice enough. Honestly, actually, if I could level with you. Do you think it tastes like ranch? Because it's like made out of ranch. Apparently, they made it by burning some ranch in a 2,500-degree oven, and then they kept it under 400 tons of pressure, and apparently they created a diamond out of it. Like, if you just if you lick it, if you lick it, it's a two-carat man-made diamond, will it taste like ranch? I'm just, I really want to know. 
It's for sale on eBay right now because they made it, and right now the current bid is almost, almost $12,500 with a little over two days left. And I tell you, when I went shopping for engagement rings and I started paying attention to it, the one thing that always stood out to me, and Jeweler told me as well, he's like, well, this one, so do you want a a natural diamond? Do you want a a laboratory-created diamond? And I can tell you, I think it's the... Male ego, for sure. A little. I was like, oh, natural diamond. I don't want fake diamonds. I want it to be a legit real diamond. And at the end of the day, who's going to know? Like, like if I bought this ranch diamond, slapped it on a ring, and was like, boom, babe, boom. And I said nothing. Is she really going to know? Like, what are the odds that any of the ladies... Or fellas, whoever you propose to, you're going to take that diamond and be like, hey, will you just test this real fast? i got a sneaking suspicion that this ain't a natural diamond. I think this one was cocked it up in a lab, and even though it's chemically still a diamond, and I did, and I did not buy a uh, laboratory-made diamond because I couldn't talk myself out of that male ego-wise, but in all reality, it's kind of stupid. Now, I'm not in the market for a ranch diamond by any means whatsoever. But now that that can be made, like, obviously, there's just all these other options available. Clearly, we can have ranch diamonds, lab diamonds. I mean, what else can we concoct to do a diamond? She got her favorite food. Ashley loves her uh, some kombucha. Can we can we cook that up in an oven, put it under pressure for two months and create a diamond out of that? Because she would love that. VFX's Facebook roulette. What post can I find that hopefully brings a few laughs, maybe a little inspiration or just maybe makes you think? Three very important things in life. Uh, AJ Knight on Facebook, you find and add me, then you can play as well because I pull it straight off my Facebook feed. Today's from Patrick. It is a tweet. says, the domestication of dogs. Wolf, I'm going to eat your babies. Human, what if instead of that, blankets and peanut butter? Wolf, I'm listening. And frankly, that's a great deal. Feeling under weather? Girlfriend not feeling good. Friend of mine not feeling well. Blankets, peanut butter? I think it would be a tempting offer for them to come down. Yeah, I'm good. It would get me. It would absolutely get me. The AJ Knight Fight and Anatomy across all social media. Make sure you vote for Partner because it's pinned at the top of our Facebook page. It's in our Instagram story. Which of the attention seekers is the most annoying? The one that's parked in a stripy rectangle, recurring theme over Parknerx the last year plus, or the one parked sideways taking up three freaking spots because clearly they care about new ones. Vote, pin to the top of our Facebook page. Of course, if you see terrible parking, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can uh, submit it to our social media to win prizes and punch, try and punch your ticket to the end-of-year tournament. Uh, Utah's VFX, find us across all social media. Same for podcasts as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Utah's VFX, YouTube as well, especially since we're getting ready for the after show coming up in about 40 minutes. Producer Butters will join me and usually his third guest as well as we chit-chat about well, actually, I want to talk about a weird superstition, I think you would call it, that a family member of mine has that has been just kind of imparted on the rest of us, but you have to watch the after show. And if you miss it, of course, it's on, uh, it's saved, so you can watch Facebook, you can go back to Twitter and watch it later and take part. But, coming up, you want to be live, comment, super appreciated. So until tomorrow morning, for AMs with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do, thanks for listening to VFX.